People of the world, welcome to Send It Rising Live this Thanksgiving week. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for all the incredible people in my life. And no, I do not believe in coincidences. We've talked about it before. I do not believe that the people that enter into our lives do so by some random, haphazard, chaotic, I don't know, unfolding of the universe. It does feel as though there is order. And so every time someone appears onto the show, uh, it warms my heart because we end up having some of the deepest, most beautiful conversations. Speaking of deep and beautiful conversations, I was sharing with our guest today that uh, I'm going to go meet someone's mom, my girlfriend's mom, this uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous, not going to lie about it. And uh, we were talking backstage about it. And uh, I can tell you that our guest today is empathic and kind an excellent listener, super duper smart. She uh, also happens to be the owner of Small Wave Marketing, and she's going to teach us all about that purpose-driven life. You ever lived a purpose-driven life? Have you ever had a purpose-driven experience where you wanted to work with someone who is making the world a better place? Well, you are in the right spot because, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the angel herself, Audrey Hutnick. Hello, hello. All the applause, so much applause. So talk to me about this purpose-driven idea. What are, we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, we're talking about definitely kind of following the path that, that get you there. So I had started my career out in, in the aluminum foil industry. So I was a purchaser there and worked with, um, you know, raw goods, screws, nuts, bolts, and aluminum. And as you could guess, that's not very interesting and does not fill my cup up whatsoever. Um, and so ultimately, that kind of set me out onto the path of what does, you know, that purpose and that that drive do for me as an individual and ultimately, you know, allow to spread that to others. So that's, you know, fast forward a decade or so, we have small wave marketing, really trying to um, keep keep purpose front and center when we're marketing small businesses and nonprofits. I want to address the cynics. Um, so I've been into purpose, uh, or what I refer to as cause marketing. I'm not sure if you use that particular word. Um, I literally put someone in, in a BNI chapter whose sole role was to get cause marketing clients. Um, I figured that the synergy between uh, cause and uh, small business was a marketing endeavor, which is to say that if you do it right and you support charities in, in interesting and um, engaging ways, then it builds social media for you. It's a win-win. You get to donate to the um, nonprofits. You get to spend your time with the nonprofits. You develop relationships with the nonprofits. And all of a sudden, people want to hire you, work with you, because that is your strategy. And people would come up to me, and they would go, you're not doing this for the right reasons. Like, we don't like it. We don't like that you are trying to have your cake and eat it, too. Like, if you want to give, just give. Don't run around patting yourself on the back, you know, telling everyone how special you are. And uh, my response to that was, well, it's capitalism. I don't know if you noticed, but you have to buy things, right? You got to go to the store and you have to give them this thing called money. And when you do that, um, you know, you can actually get the bread and feed your family. And so if I can feed homeless people and my family at the same time, why are you getting crabby with me? Do you understand what they're talking about? And is there a fine line there? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, when it comes to purpose and, you know, donating to, donating to your nonprofit and letting other people know about it, you know, there, there's that. And then there's also just kind of, you know, living your life and doing things that feel right to you and on, on your own personal brand. And I think that's that line where it's, you know, um, 
you know, right. Are you this a widget company and you're like, okay, X amount of dollars um, will be donated to this nonprofit, which is amazing and great. But like, are you doing it just because like, oh, you saw someone else online do that and like, oh, this would be great PR. Or is it more of, you know, you have a really personal connection with the USO or with, um, with an autism, you know, research organization or whatnot. And this is just so much more and more beyond a business, um, you know, just idea and more of what is your personal brand and how do you kind of fuse the two together um, when you have that ability to make those decisions. So historically, large companies, the, they were always the ones that would uh, take on these initiatives. Um, and we would see that because, I don't know, Coke can save some polar bears. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like how cute it is. Like they, they've been doing cause marketing for years. BP, when there's a major oil spill, they're like, did you know we actually plant X number of trees? Look at this amazing thing that we do. You know what I mean? Like Because mm-hmm. it's, but it's, that's where I think people get a bad taste in their mouth is because they see major multinational conglomerates uh, doing PR to basically obfuscate the fact that they're doing these horrifying things over here and they feel bad and for them to hire people, they also want the folks that work for them to feel like their company isn't, you know, a horned devil, you know, like mm-hmm. doing horrifying mm-hmm. things to the uh, to the health of the earth. Um, so I think there's a lot of skepticism there. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, you can compare a Coke with um, like a Warby Parker or a Tom's. And I think that that all kind of comes back to why did they get their company started? So why did Coke get their company started, you know, to sell this like sugary, fizzy beverage? It had cocaine um, in it. They were drug dealers. <laughs> there, There's that. And then, you know, why did a Warby Parker get their company started? From the very beginning, it was that one-for-one model or, you know, Tom's one-for-one model. And so I think that there's there's that in the, in the belief of why are why are these big companies all of a sudden doing these shifts or did it come from the very, you know, ground up start? Yeah. And the other thing too, is there's always this like savior complex, even Tom's gets flack because uh, local shoemakers will complain because they'll go, you put Mm -hmm. us out of business, dude. You know, I've been, Mm -hmm. me and my family have been making shoes in Nigeria for five generations and here in comes Tom's and disrupts our whole industry and you know, and all of a sudden we can't do what we did anymore, you know? So, I mean, even, even angels with the best intentions, you know, um, can, uh, you know, because we don't really ever know the true ramifications of our actions, even if they're incredibly well-intentioned, you know? And so um, there is some fallout when it comes to this cause marketing stuff. And I'm not trying to pretend that it's some sort of like perfect panacea uh, for all Mm -hmm. of society's ills, but wouldn't it be nice if most people marketed that way? Because then we would have sort of ground up social movement um, from it's, it's almost like retooling capitalism where the consumers say, you know what, we need our businesses to act in a certain way. And when they do that, we vote with our dollars. And mm. um, I almost thought that it would be cool if you could go to the supermarket, scan, um, just use Google Lens, for example. Um, say there was a Google Lens, um, like a uh, cause marketing app that you could go to any product, you take a picture of it, and it immediately pulls up a page on the company's website where it shows like there's where they stand on certain things, mm. if they donate and how much they donate and, and their societal impact and blah, 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 blah. Like there could be a whole report on that company. Um, that could be really neat. I bet there are websites out there that do that. that yeah, kind of yeah I bet it does exist. Mm-hmm. Do you know of any websites that kind of give a, give a company a score? Like you get an F because you destroy the yeah. earth every day. You're horrible. Oh, not like, not just as a broad term, you know, like industry specific, but nothing 
I'm not off the top of my head, but I'm sure like that there are some in existence that just need a little bit of promotion because you're right that that definitely is something that speaks to a lot of people these days. Yeah, people keep getting canceled. Uh, our company's getting canceled. Mm -hmm. Are you are you noticing any of that? Facebook, um, people are trying to cancel Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, well, the term cancel might be more common these days, but like, you know, I know like Hobby Lobby or Chick-fil-A, like, you know, for, depending on different people's beliefs or whatnot, like I've definitely heard of a lot of, um, you know, kind of uproar about different organizations like that. That's true. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, people I think have a visceral hatred for Mark Zuckerberg, um, which is so <laughs> wild because it's almost like we have this uh, uh, like growth model kind of caterpillar moth butterfly thing with billionaires um, <laughs> where where like we love them and then we hate them and then we love to hate them. And then we like, it's just society, yeah. they're celebrities, just this billionaire class celebrity thing. I feel like Elon Musk has um, sort of avoided a lot of the hate. Um, he smoked weed on Joe Rogan's podcast. And so he got a lot of flack for that. His stock dropped <laughs> precipitously because he tried <laughs> to smoke weed. On and then he named his kid, did you see what he named his kid? It's like, no. a, it's a string, it's basically like an algorithm, like oh. Ash something. And, <laughs> and, and people kept asking him, how do you pronounce your kid's name? It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, genius. we got that compared to Northwest, uh, or, you know. What's up with Northwest? Well, Kanye West kid. Oh, thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> celebrity names. Yeah. Northwest. I love it. <laughs> um, Kanye left Wyoming. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, he, uh, my one of my uh, employees, Shelly, she lives in Cody, and that's where he had a ranch. And uh, they, they're they selling his raptors. So if you want to get in on the raptor sale, Kanye's raptors, and they are going to be oh. at auction in Cody, Wyoming area. It's probably an Take internet. Take note. Yeah. That's right. You know, an investment. Um Okay, so yes, I would love to wave my magic wand and have cause marketing be this sort of um, ubiquitous, um, everyone does it sort of thing. And I think technology is going to help in a lot of ways. It's just, I don't know, man, small business marketing is, um, it's, uh, it's tough to get people to care about someone's Facebook page, say, you know what I mean? Of like a small business, like, for example, you're, you're an accountant. Okay, great. You go do the Susan G. Komen run. That's cool. You put the badge on your website. You, you mention it on your website, you get three likes, you move on with your life. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, I mean, people want clients. So how, how yeah. do you tackle that for like, I don't want to say boring industries, but boring industries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And absolutely. Like that, that's a question we get quite often. And, and for us, it always comes back to strategy. So, you know, you, as a, an attorney or an accountant or any sort of small business owner, you know, you see there, there's Facebook and social media happening. Um, and you think you have to do it, but do you need to do it? And is that the right way to get in front of your audience? And so th those are the type of things that, you know, is it worth for you to put all this effort and in, in creating three posts a week and on this platform and that platform, or is your time and energy spent better in another area that really connects with those, um, with that audience? And so not to say social media isn't great. It just all comes down to who are yeah, you talking to? I, I hear you loud and clear. I just cannot. I can't look away from this comment. So Nelson on Facebook rolls up and he writes, you guys look like Blossom and Joey from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nelson. Thank you for that wonderful comment on Facebook. <laughs> if you all want to join us for the live show, youtube.com forward slash send it rising is the best way to do that. You control us like Nelson is, is doing in this very moment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he's not, I don't know if he's wrong. Um, so... 
yeah so when when people are looking for the platform you know that they want to operate in i don't know i just think that there's this sort of like sober reality behind marketing that a lot of people don't want to admit which is you're not going to go viral small business mm. sorry bud you know what i mean it's uh it's it's not going to happen i know it's very sad for you but uh what probably is going to happen is you could have a moderately successful youtube channel right mm -hmm. or you could have a but the other thing too is is it's all relative based on you and your competition right like that's why i keep telling business owners it's like look like if you get a thousand subscribers um you are already in the top 10 percent of youtube channels um yeah. i mean it, it's most don't get that they never get there um and so you need to stop thinking about it in terms of like being famous and start thinking about it in terms of who's my competition and can I do better than them? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Do you, uh, do you do SEO and that sort of stuff and social media for your clients? Yes, yes, we do. Um, like I said, we kind of start with the strategy, but then the execution can kind of go from there. And, you know, kind of going back to, you know, you're not all going to be viral. And, you know, I think that's 100% okay and great. And I think it all comes back to consistency. And, you know, is it like, are you are you consistent in, in what you're saying and what you're doing? And, you know, my, my passion is uh, trolling or not trolling really following a lot of YouTube channels for van lifers, right? And so I, I'm very interested and fascinated by this way of life. And and time and time again, I hear them all say like, oh, you know, they might have like 100,000, a million subscribers now, but like five years ago, they had zero. And like all of them just say it's the consistency piece. So mm. no matter, you know, whether your whatever your end goal is, I wouldn't say viral, virality should be it. But, you know, I think consistency is that secret sauce there. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I'm on episode 340 something of, of a unpopular show on the internet. <laughs> and so I always am like, you know what? I, you know, my best TikTok got 5,000 views. Um, and dude, I've seen it. My sister, I mean, a 5,000 view TikTok for her is a bad day. It's rough. Mm. You know what I mean? Poor her. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people are out there doing shows, doing podcasts. The number of people doing this has gone up, but it's not a good excuse not to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing too, is when you do like what we're doing right now, restream, and then you submit it on Buzzsprout, that's 20 links a show. So from an mm -hmm. SEO perspective, that's hard mm -hmm. to beat too. And then there's the networking aspect. And look, I own a B2B. So for me, it's all relationships, okay? So if you're B2C, it's a totally different vibe. Um, uh, you can do Google ads, you can do Facebook ads, you can do LinkedIn ads, all that sort of stuff. But every single person I've talked to who owns an agency is like, well, it's networking. And they do it with a sort of like, a, who's that uh, donkey from Winnie the Pooh? Eeyore. Eeyore. They do it with a sort of Eeyore, <laughs> like defeated look on their face, you know? Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, B2B is still just, you know, develop relationships with other human beings because mm -hmm. ultimately someone's going to hire you and they're not going to hire you because you have a clever Facebook ad. Usually. Mm -hmm. Now watch me get like a Neil Patel on the show and they're like, you're, <laughs> you're an idiot and here's my funnel. I made $16 million, but I'm talking hey. about <laughs> normal people. Okay. Normies, right? The people that I talk to, I'm not talking to the Neil Patels of the world every day. Hey, if, if Neil Patel's watching, what's up? Yeah, what's up, Neil? <laughs> My bad. He's one of the three people on this live show right now. <laughs> Neil and Nelson. There you go. That's are. right, Neil and Nelson. Uh, Nelson really wants us to do a dance challenge, which is a little awkward. Nelson, not going to happen, buddy. Uh, he wants us to look up the Blossom theme song and do the Blossom dance challenge. And it's not, it's not, no, not today, Nelson. 
Not today. <laughs> I might do it uh, later, unless it's some weird trolley thing. I'll look it up and see what it is. But uh, definitely not live on the show. Um, so uh, yeah, my my big bet was, oh, you know, live is where it's at. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this live stuff. You know, I'm gonna go live. And what I'm realizing, you know, episode 340, whatever, is that when you look at other people's YouTube content, it is so well produced. I mean, mm. it's crazy how like some like my kids are on YouTube all the time and, and I've gotten into editing and animation and trying to understand all this stuff. And I look at this content. I'm just like, man, that video is crisp. That audio is crisp. Mm. Their green screen is is on point. Their editing is every two and a half seconds. There's a cut. I mean, they, they put so much work into it. And then I look at, you know, I'm just doing a live show. And typically what these people do is they they develop an audience through really high quality content on YouTube that's edited and then they go live, right? Mm. And so then people are like, oh yeah, they already know the brand and they kind of grow from there. Unless you're like a Twitch streamer. Um, and, and then you can kind of grow an audience that way. But what do you think? What do you think the best strategy is for a small business to grow an audience in 2021? Yeah, I mean... So I, I hear what you say about editing, but I also think that that you know there can be like that base level editing that you can do in house pretty quickly. So like for instance, a, a YouTube channel I go to quite frequently on the business side is an accountant that just does like QuickBooks online tutorials. Right? It's right. not highly produced whatsoever, but it has a I don't want to say more. It has a ton of views on it and it's because it's that consistency and it's that education piece so yeah. it's one of those things where it's really tapping into that niche audience you're, you're solving that problem for them so like i had a problem with you know creating some invoice and i went to this this youtube channel and bam like another view from me so i think to me that's what it comes down to more rather than you know glitz and glam and oh look at that amazing transition and that um and you know um that great footage, scenery footage and all that. Right. I understand that. I guess uh, my my view is skewed, just like everyone's view is, is somewhat biased because I'm watching videos like Lanky Box. I've been watching Bubble Guppies and what's Team Umizoomi and uh, all these like kids shows for like the last four years, five years. Right. And now I'm in all these YouTubers like uh, Preston Plays, uh, Lanky Box. Um, uh what's that other dude can't remember but you know they just i don't know like i'm just watching this stuff because i sit there and i watch these videos with my children and uh it turns out that at the end of the day i end up uh learning a lot about editing because my daughter will say things like i want a youtube channel and i'm like we can do youtube shorts and then we have a full youtube channel before i know it she gets whatever she wants do you understand what i'm saying like she just <laughs> manages to do it um and uh, no, I ended up producing uh, an entire music video for her. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, it's called, uh, just look up uh, Rainbow and Power VX uh, and you can find it. Anyway, it's got 100 views, 17 likes. No big deal. We're killing it. Crushing it on the rainbow. Also, when we went to get her channel, I typed in rainbow and it just worked. I'm like, how is that even possible? How do we have rainbow on YouTube? Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. We do. Um, so, yes. Uh I feel like um, being an influencer and really having a very popular social media channel for a small business is what most businesses want. Um, they also don't realize that you have to feed that monster all mm -hmm. the time. You know, like if you're serious about it, my, da my daughter, my sister will do um, like uh, four TikToks a day. Four. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? She will have them produced weeks in advance. It's wild mm -hmm. how much effort she goes into it. Have you ever managed a, a really popular program like that? 
Um, I would say we supported um, a couple of, of people on Instagram that have about 10, more over 10,000 likes. So, I mean, I think in, in that regards, you know, it's, it's very much the, it's the balancing act, right? Of like, okay, depending on what their industry is, it's, you know, are you, are you selling something? Are you showing behind the scenes? You know, that balancing act of all that. And then you see the sell, the selling posts or the selling, you know, videos or whatnot kind of can be quite low in the views. And then you, you know, you have behind the scenes of making jewelry or something like that. Um, so, I mean, I think like, yeah, no doubt for, for TikToks a day, like, man, like, and I think that that's another thing is you don't realize how much time goes behind a, a 60 second video. And I think that that's something to really take into consideration of if you want to go down that route or not, um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be viral overnight, but also how much time and effort. And is this really like, what is the reason why you're doing that? There are so many of the things that we really encourage people to think about before they jump in and be like, okay, you know, what, um, uh, clubhouse is where it's at. That's where I'm putting all my eggs, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I did a, uh, work from home revolution song. It's like a metal song. I literally took out the guitar and I did distorted guitar, bass, drums, vocals, harmonies. And then I did a full music video with, with a costume change. Do you understand me? Like yeah. I did the whole thing and it took me two days. I had uh, scenes driving in my car. Um, very proud of it. And like seven likes. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, spend two seconds on this TikTok, and then it gets like 70, you know? So it, it's, yeah. it's so frustrating to, to try to, you know, to crack the algorithm and get it all figured mm -hmm. out. And, and of course, consistency is required. It's absolutely required for any of these sorts of things as you keep grinding through it. And then like uh, one of my employees, Shali, she, um, check her out, Shali Wanders. If you want to see my cringy music videos, by the way, it's at Send It Rising on TikTok. S-E-N-D-I-T-R-I-S-I-N-G. You can check those out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and you, dude, I, I guarantee you will cringe more watching those videos than any other videos on the internet. They are cringe-tastic. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, oh yeah, so she's got 1.1 million views on her TikTok, but it's not monetized, not mm. really. Like she's not really making that much money from it. And that's mm -hmm. 1.1 million. And then meanwhile, my sister is selling wigs. She makes 50K on on a, you know, on one TikTok live. It's wild, it's wild mm. the difference, you know? So if you're, some people are selling it and they're monetizing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew someone else who had like a ton of people on her Instagram page and she's like, oh, this is gonna make so much money hasn't been able to monetize it. So some mm. people can, some brands can, and others simply cannot. Um, yeah. And I'm reminded almost of like the Wall Street journals and, and all of these uh, major publishers begging for our money. They're just begging, would you please pay us? Like this matters, like our articles matter. And everyone's like, mm. dude, we are swimming in competition. You don't think people are ripping off your article the second you write it? I mean, if the Wall Street Journal reports on something and, you know, like, of course, all the other journalists have access to it. They read it. They editorialize it. They, you know, they, they quote from it. They just give you that same mm -hmm. information. So what's the value of being there first? Mm. I mean, journalism in general is such a <laughs> tough area to be in. I mean, because you have like, and then, you know, you have, I don't know how widespread this is across the U.S., but Block Club. Um, it's something like it's an individual, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're an editorial organization on their own and it's all based off of funding. And, you know, it, it's one of the, it's so tough because we all want the news and, you know, but I hear you.
Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, all of them. <laughs> and then I look at e these businesses and they're, it's not journalism in the sense that there's like breaking news and this and that, but um, everybody's a, like a writer now. All businesses mm -hmm. are writers, you know? Um, and that transition is absolutely wild. I mean, the fact that basically all businesses under the sun now blog, um, because that's what Google wants. And then mm -hmm. I, I'm arguing now that all businesses um, must uh, have a channel. And I've been saying this for a while, but I mean a channel, like a TV channel, like a show, like, you know, welcome to the show. Um, because that's what's going to differentiate them from everyone else. And no one wants that. And everyone mm -hmm. wants to just be able to pay Google and just say, here's $1,000 a month, bring business to my door. Um, and, uh, and that's why Google is just absolutely hand over fist killing it and Facebook because the organic stuff, people just don't want to be bothered. Like there's mm -hmm. so many people whose fear of public speaking prevents them from doing what you and I are doing, right? They're not interested in doing that. They don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. Can't we go back to the days of the yellow pages? I just, I don't want to do this stuff. Don't mm -hmm. make me. And, uh, for those people, it's hiring someone to manage their Google ads and Facebook ads, which is why those yeah. companies just have infinite money right now. Well, and related to that, I mean, the one of the big struggles we have with a lot of clients we work is, is video, right? Like all the social platforms, you know, are, are shifting to that video, video content first in their algorithm. And, you know, that's a that's a big vulnerable, vulnerable piece for a lot of people is getting themselves on video. But, but that's like this, this, this new thing that we all need to do. And so, you know, there's everyone's a writer, everyone's a, a blogger. Now everyone needs to be like this video um guru you know so yeah definitely a shift yeah yeah and uh i forget what the what's the old cliche it's like like public speaking is scarier to a lot of people than death you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's like the top five scariest things for for a lot of folks and because i've been doing it for as long as i've been doing it i i've tackled that fear and it doesn't scare me anymore um I mean, I get nervous. I'm human, but it's not nearly, it's not crippling by any stretch of the imagination. You know, for a lot of people, it is. Um, I, I'll ask folks all the time. I'm like, oh, come on my live show. And um, what I realized was I was getting a lot of guests from places like podcast bookers and all these different spots. And those people want to be on your show. But when I started asking people just in networking, you can mm. see them get nervous. They're, they they go, well, what's this about? You know, and it's like, it's the live show. And oh, it's live. Blah. And then this, they go through all those emotions. You know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. it's not like I've interviewed a lot of people. It's not that big of a deal. Just just cop on. It's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, makes them nervous. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, to that same spirit, like for me, two years ago or whatnot, I think like many people, the idea of networking and the idea of getting into this room, whether it's physical or virtual and like having to start conversation can be very scary. And, you know, I think similar to your kind of public speaking journey for me, the networking piece is just it, you know, it's just keep on doing it. And for me, like my secret sauce has been lunch club as a platform where it's just mm. like, you know, every week you're going on, you're having the conversations and then it's like the scariness lets up every time, you know, and then that mm. simmers down a lot for me. That's so true. My, my problem now is that I'm just bored, you know, like, mm. I, and, and recently I, uh, I got to the point where, um, uh, how do you describe it? It's, um, I was watching an episode of Seinfeld. Actually, I was talking to some dude and uh, he's like, hey, did you see that episode of Seinfeld where uh, Jerry makes friends with that famous baseball player and then the famous baseball player asks him to help move, but they just met. And he's like, why would he do that? He's like, he's trying to level up our relationship. Like, we're not at I help you move. Right? Mm. This is, you're going too fast. Uh, something Hernandez was the name of the baseball player. 
Um, anyway, so uh, so he said that that's what people in these networking groups do all the time. Yeah, is they go straight to oh yeah, I sell Mel Luca. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. I could not possibly care less. I don't care. I'm being mm -hmm. nice to you, right? And you're mm -hmm. being nice to me, but we don't care about each other, right? Mm -hmm. We're not even there yet. And so I'm at the point now where I'm sort of like, can can I genuinely, because look, I love everybody. Don't get me wrong. I love everybody. I want everyone to be happy all the time, right? This is my desire for humanity and all beings and all universes, uh, this one and all parallel universes. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I can't buy from everybody because you get, you get this fatigue when you're in these networking things all mm -hmm. the time, where it's just like, everyone's constantly selling everything. It's like, no, I don't want legal shield. It's been, I've spoken to 16 legal shield representatives in the last two weeks and I'm not buying from any of you. I don't want it. It's not a service I'm interested in. Thank you very much. Um, but, um, you know, here we are in a room together anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what do we actually do? Um, we, we get to know each other, you know, like, and, and people always hop into like, where are you from? And then you have the same conversation. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like the, my next evolution is, is, is doing what I've been learning to do on the show, which is just get to the nitty gritty of like what makes them tick as a human being and asking them really sort of like, I don't want to say personal questions, but getting right to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that tends to work because it, it throws people off of their, their train of where this conversation should go, what they think is yeah. um, expected. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think like the whole the whole idea of respect and the respect of someone's time, like what the, the challenge that I'm trying to overcome is, you know, like you said, it's like two people meeting, talking and you're you're in you have a, a, a set amount of time right to connect. And so mm -hmm. for me, it's like, well, when I agree to 30 minutes to talk with you and you show me a 25 minute video that I have to sit through and just like watch. Like, I don't know what you want me to do with that. And so is it just like, okay, I, you know, like send me the link, I'll watch it later, which I won't. Or is it like <laughs> pretending I care? Like that's the part where I have the biggest challenge, right? which is like, no, like you're not respecting me. You don't care about me. You just That's see right. me as a number. So I'm not going right. to give you Oof. the respect. Oh, back. I love that. Oh, I love that honesty. It's so true. Um, talking about respecting time, we have run out of it, unfortunately. And I've got like four <laughs> more questions. Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure that our incredible guest today, Audrey Hutnick, can tell you where to find her, how to contact her. Pitch them, Audrey. Yeah, definitely. You can always get started by checking out smallwavemarketing.com. Um, and that will really lead you to any of our social media sites um, and LinkedIn. Um, but we're always kind of willing to have that mark that first marketing chat about just just how to get started with your marketing. And it doesn't need to really um, be a huge budget to do so. Okay, you heard it here first. Audrey Hutnick, changing the world one program at a time. <laughs> Ooh, Brad, Brad has a request there. Oh, let's see that dance to close things. Thanks, Brad. Brad has coming in the end of the show. You know, the thing about Brad is he's good at video games because of the height advantage. So it's not fair. Brad Hess. Um, ladies and gentlemen, youtube.com forward slash send it risings where we want you to go. However, we are also on Twitch, Facebook, um, and a bunch of other uh, platforms. If you're like Nelson and you want to troll us on the show and, and ask us to do weird dances that we've never heard of, YouTube.com forward slash send it rising is where you do that. Available on iTunes and Spotify after the fact. If you're listening on the podcast, you know we love you. Uh, we're going to give Audrey the final word. Hit him with some wisdom. My wisdom is just do what, what you love, like deep down, and just spread that. So, you know, whatever that looks like. 
and and in whatever form, just kind of go out and, and spread it. Spread it, people. Spread we'll it. talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye for now.